Hello and welcome to Harold Hey, it's Corey Vaughn with Adam Smaha. And we're back. We're back. To talk about Harold. Um, this week we're talking about Coach Wittenberg. Uh, that's the name of the episode, but also the character too. Ooh, too uh, it's written by Jonathan Greenberg. And nice job, Jonathan. Directed by Stark Howell and Larry Lightlighter. Great name. Um, this episode, when you watch it, you're going to say, this is about bowling, and it's like a great character study on Coach Wittenberg. And you'd be wrong, so you need to listen to well, this. Well, no, you'd, they'd be right. right, but also there's it's more than that, though, too. Yeah. That's what we that's what we Dive uncover. a little deeper, listen. We di- yeah, we dive a little deeper. So you don't have to. Um... Yeah, some pretty interesting, maybe, uh, I mean, some feminist theory a little bit. A little bit. It's a little bittersweet on the emotional lane. Yeah, Yeah, it's more bittersweet than you think. I also, at the very end, because everyone's going to listen to the very end, I talk about a song, and I get the fucking artist wrong, and it is The Verve. That's the band. Sorry. So this is actually, this. you'll get so intrigued by what I'm talking about, you'll listen to the very end of the That's episode. right. That's, That's right, how it works. baby. Yeah. Uh, Bleed me in. Guess what? We always say that we have an email. Email us. We're going to say at the end of the episode too. Hey.harrendledhead.gmail.com. Stop what you're doing. Before you listen, you know that you like this. That's why you're listening. That's why you like this. Don't turn it off. (laughs) And you know what? If you really like us, rate and review us. I just realized how easy it is. All you have to do is be signed in to your iTunes on your computer. It's so easy to write a review. It's really easy, and if you really care about us as people, and then you want to make us feel good about ourselves, it's like a thing you should do. Yeah. Pray about it. God will say yes. He will. God wants you to do it. Wait. Do you hear him? Yeah. He said, rate and review. Rate Yeah. There you go. Did that sound like God? It did. Uh, anyway, we had fun. More, I'm going to be honest, more fun than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a good time, and you guys are going to have a good time listening to it, so you should keep listening. Yeah. Keep listening. Uh, please, do, please keep listening. Enjoy. Let's roll Let's roll heads. Let's roll heads. Let's roll who, if you don't remember, is the coach of Arnold's basketball team uh, back from early in season one. Uh, his son, Tucker, is the star of the team, and his mantra for the episode is pass the ball to Tucker. So if you remember, he's kind of like a bumbling, marble-mouthed idiot who um, doesn't uh, know how to say big words. Uh, sounds like a president, doesn't it? It does. Very Trumpian. All right, well, that's it for Harold Hey. Thank you, bye. Just kidding. Uh... So in this episode, Arnold and Gerald are in a tournament uh, for bowling, but they need to find an adult coach. Uh, and so when they're trying to figure out who to do, who to ask, um, they walk into the bathroom and they find Coach Wittenberg mopping up uh, garbage, uh, falling over a bucket, uh, wearing goofy overalls. Uh, and he reveals to Arnold and Gerald that um, since uh, since getting fired from the basketball as the basketball coach, him and his wife have split up. And so he's kind of ruminating in his sad sack uh, mentality and um, Arnold's like, Gerald, let's do it. And Gerald's like, no, this guy's the worst. And Arnold basically says, no, we both need each other. Let's make this happen. Uh, And so on the team, you have um, Arnold, Gerald, uh, Harold, Eugene and Rhonda. And uh, basically you see that they all kind of are not great. Uh, 
Uh, Rhonda doesn't want to put her fingers in the holes because she might break a nail. Uh, Eugene and Harold are just terrible. Um, and uh, the coach's reaction is for them to do push-ups. So he basically turns into a militant basketball coach again, even though he's coaching a, a one-off bowling tournament. And so the kids tell Arnold, you got to fire him. And Arnold's like, no, I'm going to talk to him and try to convince him to chill out a little bit. Um, and so you see him talking with the coach and basically saying like some positive reinforcement, some good psychology is going to help these, these kids instead of, you know, um, treating them like, like they're garbage. And, uh, so that kind of is basically what happens next is coach Wittenberg does what he calls psychology and they become really good. Um, he, he helps Eugene focus on his love for strained beats and he convinces Rhonda that it's actually cool to bowl. Uh, and they kind of magically with like weird alien music bowl really well. Uh, and so cut to, um, the tournament where it turns out that Helga's team is being coached by coach Wittenberg's wife, Tish. Uh, and so she's there, um, kind of, razzing uh coach Wittenberg and making him feel kind of awkward and stuff and so pretty quickly the other team go uh, Tish's team goes ahead and um the coach goes back to his old ways of yelling at these uh at these kids uh and Arnold again convinces him no like this this is the way it needs to happen let's let's like you were such a good coach before be a good coach again uh and so he decides yeah that's this is the way to do it um and he once again tells Eugene to think of strained beats and uh, they end up winning. And uh, after some celebration, it cuts to um, the coach's wife eating a burger at a drive-in burger joint and coach uh, the coach pulls up next to her uh, and they share like a romantic glance and then they probably kiss. I don't know. They, they like enter the same car and that's the end of the episode. Who knows what happened in that well, car? This is a children's this. show. Yeah. It's a children's show. Precisely. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's familiar territory for the Hey Arnold Bunch. It definitely is. Um, and it's fun to see uh, Jim Belushi back as uh, Coach Wittenberg. Um, he's just a bumbling idiot. And the writing is always really fun for him. He comes yeah. back one more he time. Is, he's a super strong character. And the voice acting is very good. Yeah. Animation's good, too. I think he comes back one more time. They do synchronized swimming. Oops. Spoiler alert. Oh, way to go. But it's pretty funny. Uh, so I guess before we jump in, um, it's, it seems, so there's a scene towards the end where the coach realizes that being kind to his team is better than winning. Being kind is cool. Being kind is cool. And, so this like true statement also gets conflated with him saying psychology, basically calling psychology, psychology. And so there's this sort of dumbness to his, his like, the, there's not just a method to his madness. There's actually like a, dumbness. a madness to his madness. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think there's actually a lot we could talk about there, but let's um, uh, really quickly listen to that, listen to that scene and then we'll uh, jump back in. It's the only way I can prove I'm a good coach. But haven't you already proven that? 
I mean, you've helped all of us to be more confident. You believed in us and you never gave up. You treated us as individuals and thusly helped us reach a potentiality that we never knew we had. Yeah, potentiality, huh? Well, Arnie, some of that makes sense, I guess. It doesn't really matter if we win or lose. The important thing is, you've been a really good coach to us. Don't stop now. Arnie, you're right. Being a good coach isn't about winning. It's about supporting your players as individuals, teaching them skills and giving them the confidence to reach for new heights. But most of all, it's about psychology. Eugene! Eugene, you're sitting on a 6-7 split there. Did you pick up the spare? I know, I know. When we win the tournament... Forget about messing up. Just remember one thing. Strain beats. All right, a couple thoughts on this. Um, the first is how Arnold mentions potentiality, uh, which is just a sh quick shout out. This is not a thought about anything uh, other than uh, I was on some intramural, uh, 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 a league of, uh, how do I say it? I was I on, like this so far where this is going. It's great. I played in some intramural sports at uh, in college. Not many because I don't know if you Define know this, that but word. I'm, I'm not what you would call sporty. Oh. Um, I played uh, two years of intramural ultimate frisbee and one year of intramural uh, softball, which are what two does of, intramural mean? It just means like it's like between the people at the school. It's not. Um, oh, it's not like competitive to outside. Yeah, it's just to like okay. you form teams. Within, inter. Yeah, intramural. Yes, in intramural. Uh, um, but I was on a set of teams and we were, every team was called team potential. Uh, I want to thank Scott DiGiambattista for a great name. Uh, it, it's not that we were the best, it's that we had the potential to be the best. Uh, and I think that's what sports is all about. Finding our potential. No losers, no winners, just doing the best you can. So, well, I'll, so that's the second thing I wanted to say is that I like that both, neither of them go to that cheesy sentiment which is it's not whether you win or lose it's how you play the game mm -hmm. that's not what it's about it's about mm -hmm. supporting each other it's that supporting and each winning. other well winning though is not that's the point it's not about winning it's about uh, supporting each other it's about um i thought it was supporting each other and winning i mean did you even listen to the i wasn't the, even watching i don't know what we're doing uh we're doing a podcast about donald trump oh i'm in Cool. I'm into it. No one's done that yet. Uncharted territory. It is. Uh, okay. So those are my two. That's my thought. That's my main thought so far. I like it. Uh, what do you think? I've Well, I've learned a new word, which always feels really good. And What's the new word? Intramural. I like it. Let's jump into the episode, Adam. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So this episode, great episode. Cool. We already talked about that. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, well, what, what, I, didn't, I didn't get the point of what you were talking about. Oh. Uh, you never finished your point. Uh, I think what I like, okay, so what I oh you Oh, you like that it didn't go the cornball direction. Yes. And didn't just say, like, everyone gets a star. This is so great. Yeah, like, yeah. it's how you play the game. Totally. Like, they're telling. It's, it's a more nuanced version of that same sort yes. of, like, feel-goody, like, anti-competition thing. But it's getting specific. Like what's getting specific is, well, how do you play the game? Well, you support each other. Well, you find each other's potential. You like the thing that I like about this game, this episode the most is they do all of those good things, which I believe in mm -hmm. and you probably do too. 
and all of the viewers and listeners of the show should also believe in. Um, but they also still win. And it, That's it, true. it proves yeah. to be, so there's like a pragmatic side to yeah. it where like working together works. And if you look, it's a very simplified version of that, but yes. it is. And they have between the two teams, the most diverse cast of players, mm-hmm. which diversity is supposed to give you better outcomes. Sure. So I think in explicitly and implicitly, there's a lot of different things going on here and uh, they won. And I think winning is the goal. And I, I mean, it's the it's the it's the practical reality. Someone wins, like, and someone loses. The end result is ampo- is important, but it's not the solely most important. Right, thing. right. How you get there is important too. Now, how you get there is through togetherness. There are a lot of mixed messages in this episode because you also have this husband and wife where their relationship is built on competition. Um, so he gets kicked out of the house because he's not winning enough, and they both wear whistles around their necks at all times, which. Um, I think is like some weird like sex game maybe I don't know like it's kind of kinky this is, a little this bit. Is a child, I know, show. but like, but you're always going there. I'm not always going there. I'm going there this time because it ends. It ends very like ooh, like come I, to my car while I'm eating this burger. Well, I think, but I think it's like who wears the pants in the relationship. Oh, absolutely. But the yeah. truth is, they both wear the whistle, so it shows their competitiveness the, with one another. That needs to be a t-shirt. It is a t-shirt. Uh, I don't wear the pants. I wear the whistle. We, no, we both wear the we whistle. Both. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Uh, we both wear the pants and we both wear the whistle. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, the mixed message though is like the wife is ashamed that her husband can't win except she wants to beat him also. And he he says, that, you know, he says the phrase, I have to win to prove that I'm a good coach. So like there's this, the competition, the tension is dripping in this episode between the husband and wife, between coach and, and Tish. And I think that's uh, like m- that stress is meant to bleed through. It's not meant to be like a funny. Oh, these like these two people are funny. I think it's supposed to like put stress over over totally. the players because it's like it, these are kids bowling. And like these two adults, like they can't contain they can't contain their tension. They have to like let it pour out. So I think the genius of this episode, which they probably didn't intend because that's not how these things work usually, but there's like many different things happening at once, like you stated, that all have to do with the same, the basic thesis of this episode, mm-hmm. which is the kids put their guard down, right? Uh-huh. And they believe in some sort of togetherness, which they are forced to believe in because they need an adult to participate Mm, in this league. mm -hmm. Right. But they see this guy who's down on his luck. He's working as a janitor, but he once was a coach. right? Right. So they look through that bullshit. They build him up and they like, work with him in a cooperative yes, fashion. Yes. He then in turn has to do that with them because mm-hmm. they're terrible at what they're doing and he has to not be an asshole and basically be nice to them. And then they are like their true potential will show. Yeah. He also needs that also needs to happen in his relationship. Yes. So there's three different things that are going on that all revolve around the same topic or same mm. thesis here, like how to work together, basically. how to work together. And they have three different examples of that in an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. That's Wow. So between the players and the coach, the players together, yes, and then the coach and his wife. Coach and his wife. Look at that. You just you're welcome, Craig. Wow, that was super helpful. Uh, I guess to like an adjacent thing to talk about there is the way the term 
psychology reflects kind of how in over his head he is and how I guess corrupt that that idea is too like he's using psychology to trick these kids into playing well but like it worked but I don't know I don't know if it's like tricking I think what he's doing is in his mind, there's like a madness to what he's trying to do. Right, right. Like his norm is doing this one thing a certain way, right? Being so a, dr- a drill sergeant, basically. Yes. Yeah. And that, and he has, as a character, has supposedly probably lots of experience in using this method, and he thinks it gets the best results. Right, right. Which is not true. So then he has to break from his norm and do this other thing, which is kind of crazy in his mind. Therefore, the psycho, I think. Yeah, it's funny to hear him say psychology. Like, oh, you need psychology. Like, yes. someone needs to put it on you. Yeah. Um, it reminds you that... But then he uses it himself. It, it reminds you it's the blind leading the blind a little bit. Totally. Because psychology is used on him. Yeah. Also. And his wife, because his wife is insane. And I do think that there is... So... Hmm. I need to put this delicately. I think that there mm-hmm. is... <laughs> you could... I think you could do like a critique of a specific strain of feminism in this too. Like you have this thing and we've talked about this on the episodes previously. Yeah. But I think what this ep- the show kind of does very well is it like deconstructs all sorts of sort of ways that we think about things. So you have uh, an all female team on the other side that they're competing against. Right. But it between her and Helga, they have a similar mode of thinking. Oh, totally. So yes. it's although it is all completely feminine, quote unquote, because we're all women, right? Mm-hmm. There is no diversity on that team at all, and there's no diversity that's allowed to exist. Mm-hmm. Where if you look, so you have racial diversity on Arnold's team, and you also have diversity of opinion on Arnold's team. Yes. So you and have, of gender too, and gender as well. Yes. So you have that as well. So I, and I don't think it's necessarily a critique of feminism, but I do think that it's like well, it's homogeneity versus totally not. exactly right. So. And the homogeny in this sense happens to, on one side, be with all women. But I think, um, so I think there's a lot of different things going on in this episode. They're all pretty, like, feel-goody-goody, touchy sort of feeling yeah, stuff. But, but it's, like, re- actually fairly dense if you yeah, deconstruct Yeah, that's actually it. a real, I mean, good job. I've been having trouble with this episode. I just um, did like that. I just watched it five minutes ago, it, yeah, breaking it, it down. No, but that, I think that visual, um, that visual criticism, uh that I feel like they must've done that on purpose because that ah, maybe there's some episodes where you watch it and you go, they totally did this on purpose. This is like, yeah, like exact, like this is exactly referencing this. They straight up quote this. Yeah. This episode. I don't, I don't know, but like your visual critique works so well with the theme of the episode. Yeah. I did a really fucking good job. Okay. Well don't, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I'm just saying like, uh, I'd be curious to know what what the, um, I guess the the what are they called like the storyboard artist was thinking when they pitched this for for the narrative like oh let's well, have let's have let's have the team that doesn't get it be all women like Tish it's just Tish with a bunch of other Tishes totally and but I think an interesting thing about that is it it kind of the the problem potentially with it though is that it could like really easily lead to some like a vulgar critique of feminism, which is like, Oh, look, see all those women and they're still not enlightened. Like you could do that, but that would be a dumb way to view it. I think it's more an embracing of diversity. Yeah. I no, I totally agree. I think it's that it happens to the, 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 
the alpha of that group happens to be a certain brand of feminist. That's just what it happens to be. Or and a so, specific style of femininity, which is not feminine in the sense that it is aggressive, like the way that traditionally a man would be. Right, right, right. And I think the 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 word though happens happens to yes. be that's the important part because it could be uh, it could be it could have been any any kind of subgroup or whatever. But the reason I think it might be intentional though is if you look at the way they've constructed Helga as a character, mm-hmm. it's not that different. So like you have Helga that's like a dominant figure in the show, and the show is basically led by her as we've talked about multiple times, and giving that role to a woman in a kids show is is pretty great. And she's mm. such a complex person. She's not, she's multidimensional. She has all these wonderful qualities, but she also, she has inherent bad qualities as well. And which is her sort of uh, strong headedness, her aggressiveness, all these other things. And not aggressive in the sense like she's not afraid to get things done or afraid to say her opinion. That's good. Those are good qualities. Right, right. But a bad quality is to completely shut everybody else off right, and think right, that you right. are solely right. And that's a quality both men, somewhat men and women have. Generally, and I think this show or this episode specifically equalizes those things like they do in a lot of episodes Mm, mm -hmm. where they take gender tropes and they flip them on their head. Yes. And they do that constantly throughout this episode. Yeah. Specifically, this and this episode really shows that because you have Coach saying, wow, I guess being sensitive isn't so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an intentional flipping of of what you – you know – that Arnold's sensitive and you know that Helga's a jackass. And so it's not a surprise in that regard, but totally. it's a surprise from a, like a common place. Well, and, and like Helga is very sensitive as well, but she's not as in tune with her sensitivity. Mm-hmm. She isn't able to sort of use it as you would to create bonds with others. It only operates solely mm-hmm. on her own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am looking forward to the next two Coach and Tish episodes because I remember that there is another one, um, unless I'm totally making it up. So there's one where they do synchronized swimming, which again is is the coach is coaching these like Arnold and his guy friends how to synchronize swim, which is again flipping flipping the norm of masculinity. Um, and then to kind of jump off the idea of like oh. Coach and Tish, like, are they supposed to be like Arnold and Helga? Like, like, is that what's being referenced here? Because definitely Tish is a is an older version of Helga, like wearing mm-hmm. all pink, intense, yeah. um, like, uh, quote, wears the pants, mm-hmm. um, but has some sort of like understanding and love for her husband. Totally. Um, that's pretty unique. Um, and I know that there's, I, I'm like 90% sure there's an episode coming up in future seasons where um, they're, they're renewing their vows and Arnold and Helga basically help coach and tish and there's some kind of like hint that what tish and coach are learning about each other is what arnold and helga learn i i might be stretching there but i think that the writers already see that connection in this episode and want to see how it plays out later uh which is is nice especially when they're they're just they're tertiary characters they don't show up that often yeah but they they have such strong characteristics that especially uh, Tish and Helga reflect each other so much that it's valuable to bring her back and see how they interact, basically. Totally. So there's this, like, pseudo... Not pseudo, but he's like this celebrity, sort of Silicon Valley-styled guru kind of guy named Tim Ferriss. He's a podcast that's really popular. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a popular guy in the podcasting world. But I've never listened to one episode. Oh, I've listened to a bunch. He... 
Okay, so never mind. I'm not going to critique him. But what I am going to do is take something I actually heard from him that was like moderately interesting. And I think it actually applies very well to this episode. So I guess it is interesting. But um, he basically talked about like how people pair off and how he's viewed throughout his life, how people typically pair off. And he basically broke it down to something that's like sort of primal where you you, people match. So like Trish and or Tish and Coach although they butt heads a lot, they're extremely compatible in their sort of level of aggressiveness and their sort of styling. Well, their worldview, their, their their worldview, their styling of dominance and power and those sorts of things. And a thing that he said is that he noticed that a lots of couples that stay couples for long periods of time and don't break up or don't get divorced are people that match each other in that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're like a very like, one direction of like masculinity, man, where you work out constantly and all of those sorts of things. And you like, really think that a specific type of masculinity is your view of perfection in yourself Mm -hmm. that you tried those type of men try to match that in their version of Mm -hmm. their female version Mm -hmm. counterpart and with those women want that in that man too so and then if you are sort of more like um i don't know like fluid in sort of your your view of gender or sexuality those sorts of things you seek that in in the mate as well right right so when you see couples and you go oh they look so similar like that's the thing people say a lot Mm -hmm. and it actually makes sense along the lines with his worldview Mm -hmm. or his view of pairing and dating and i think that actually goes very well to this episode yes i agree yeah because of how the two of them they butt heads completely but they're also super compatible but they also have the potential thanks to arnold and these other kids to learn more about one another and push their relationship in a positive direction but i think that Mm -hmm. sort of pairing off is sort of interesting and um yeah sort of an interesting insight so we made the joke of like they're both wearing the pants they both wear the whistle they both are competitive um and they both so i'm gonna first say how they're similar and then also like say how one of them breaks through like breaks through the chain to make it better so like as i just mentioned where the pants aggression whistle the same both of them when they are faced with a defeat and b a need for like reflection they go and get a cheeseburger and like just like eat alone right and and so that continue that that adds to you know they're the same person they they have um the same drive they have the same um disappointment um but the problem the first go around is that coach goes to go eat a burger and nobody comes to give him a second pass. There's no, there's no smile or like understanding nod. And what I like about the ending of this episode is, and again, it's flipping, it's flipping the narrative. It's like his, so yes, like they're both aggressive. They both are like wanting to win. He wins, she loses. She goes and does what he did before, which is she goes to eat a burger by herself. But him learning how to be sensitive, he goes to see her eating the burger by herself, which a reminds him that, Oh, she's a lot like me, but B it gives him the opportunity to break through the chain of like, like, um, well, now that you're the loser, you have to get out. Like they are now able to come together. And so, yeah, I was joking about being like sexy, but it actually is, uh, uh, profoundly relational and also sexy because of that. It's like intimate. Um, it's very intimate. Yeah. And in, in part because, oh, we both smash our faces into a burger when we're sad. Yeah. But also, like, he kind of reaches out like, hey, can I come in? And she, like, smiles. At, you know, it's, like, all unspoken. Yeah. But there's this, like, approach and connection that um is, like, in just a moment, you know? Well, and it, yeah, like you're saying, it like, it's a nod to their compatibility as well because 
the same way he blows off steam is the way she blows yes. off steam. Yes. And it's almost like he he goes there when he's sad, but he was happy because he won. But it's like he knew that she would be there, so it yes. also shows like his understanding of her. Well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it, it's a character growth that's very subtle, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and I was saying th- this is only kind of a, a side anecdote, but um, I mentioned it off off mic that it's the most like American moment. It is these two Americans from the '90s dressed like they're in the '50s, uh, like the the girl is eating the cheeseburger and he like goes into the car with her and they're probably making out or more you know like it's the most uh, underneath a drive-in uh burger joint like the most american scene uh of the whole episode uh, the whole show so far and this show has a lot of americana so it like isn't it's not um it's not like it doesn't stand alone but it it's it definitely stands out as a very strong Americana moment. Well, and the, the funny thing is it's like these two are grasping for a thing in their identity that like they didn't even live through. So they're like yeah. not even old enough yeah. to be the kids, the teenagers at the drive-in in those cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so it's like they're grasping for something that they only know in a romantic fashion that they didn't even mm-hmm. live through, which I think is common place. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, the people that older people that I've known that like love Elvis and those types of yeah. things are always people that didn't grow up in that time period. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's it's a, yeah, it's you a know good, what? It's a good episode. The more I talk about, the more I like it. Um, I will say that I could not stop thinking about um, lucky. What was the movie called? Lucky. Oh my gosh. Alley cat strike. I think that's what it was called. I and know. it was a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know that one. But I remember that the guy from Cousin Skeeter was in the Alley Cat Strike movie. And there's also like an Ellen Page lookalike who was like the fifth bowler who wasn't on the main team. But she like won the... She basically pulled a Eugene and like did something crazy at the end. Do you remember? You didn't see that movie? No, I didn't see it. Yeah. It sounds vaguely familiar now that you're talking about it. Yeah. But I don't think I saw it. I'm sure that there are listeners who are like, oh, this is the name of it, and I know what it is. I'm not alone. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. There probably is that weird listener out there. Yeah. The, whoa, whoa. You're, you're <laughs> Just not a weird listener. We're all weird. That's why we're, um, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, psychology, relationships. Great. Great. Uh, 50s nostalgia. We got it. Um, it Working together. Okay, so normally I think that this, what we do in the show, is an exercise in insanity. Looking for things that aren't there, probably. Sure. But I actually think in this episode that it was written the way that we're describing it. Mm -hmm. I think it's... I think somebody who was involved in that process knew what they were doing. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's... Like I said, there's enough that are interconnected that are both implicit and explicit to, to make me think that there was something bigger going on in this episode where they were playing with the narrative in a way that they thought was interesting. I think I think to be fair to the writers, I think it's about 50 50 in the show. I think yeah. half the time they know half the time they know what they're doing. Half the time it's a throwaway this and they're not really that way. It just happens yeah. to be that way. I, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of. I mean, I fucking hate this band. Um but the idea of like the Smiths or Morrissey or something where you have like that up tempo music, but the m- lyrics are really what depressing. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm so, going to go. 
Yes. Is that who you mean? You mean I do. But he, they have like sort of up-tempo music and the lyrics are really depressing. Uh-huh. That to me is something that they're doing in this episode. Like the visual element of this and the surface of this show yeah. is like very like 50s nostalgia, sports, you know, great, uh-huh. This uh-huh. we're winning, we're losing. It's like that rat race sort of thing. But then what really is going on is much more nuanced and actually both romantic and intimate and tragic and all of those things. So Definitely. it has a darker yep. undertone to the sort of... Uh, easygoing, bubbly-ish sports. Well, yeah, it's these things, and it also the show just exists among bubbly things. You know, yeah, the yeah. '90s were not known for like the gritty. So like you're talking about Nirvana, baby. Well, I mean, the cartoons aren't like super no, gritty. I mean, they're. Yeah. I, I think Ren and Stimpy and like Aru Monsters. They were the were, underbelly. They were fake underbelly, though. Whoa! Like what I mean is. They were absurd, but I don't think they were like what they were saying was life is absurd. Like it was more nihilistic and not it was nihilistic. Tragic. It wasn't like, or yeah, and it wasn't like subversive. It right, was mostly right. just seemingly nihilistic and absurdist. Yeah. Whereas I, I Which do is very think, 90s. yeah. So in some ways in the nineties was super nitty gritty, but I'm talking about like emotionally nitty gritty, like yeah. going through the weeds of your heart. That's what Harold's doing. Yeah, true. Which is nice. nice. And, yeah. and even when it doesn't seem that way, like in this episode where it's it's like just two goofy adults um, overlaying some children trying to bowl. Like mm-hmm. that's fun. That's funny and like lighthearted. But really, it's about like a couple going through a pretty intense separation where she kicked him out for getting fired from a from a probably a volunteer coaching job. You know, like yeah, not even yeah. his real job. His like lack of supposed masculinity, his avail- ability to provide and win and those sorts of things. Yeah, it's like. A, yeah, but it's funny because she she clearly wants to win, too. So it's like she's saying. But she needs a winner it, like her. Yeah, her. it's not even about you can't support me. She's saying you can't match me. That's totally. what she's really saying. Yes. Which is fascinating because you would assume that that critique against him was coming from a, a super heteronormative 50s yeah. relationship, which is... Yeah, but it's not. But it's not. It's like it's yeah. like both at the same time, weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think we nailed it. We fucking killed it. This is a great comeback. Man, it's been two weeks. We got this You've thing You've said fuck four times today. What? I'm just letting you know. You know what? You need to give it. You need to donate a dollar to Patreon every time you say it. You say that. No. Every time I curse, they should give us $100. Patreon. Oh man, the cops are out to get us. Man, maybe, it maybe, is maybe Craig surprisingly. Him on us. It's surprisingly loud. Yeah, I told you it's a hot mic tonight. Hot mic tonight. Yeah. Um, hot okay. takes, hot mic, <laughs> all day long, baby. Uh, what is your uh, cry of the week? Um, my cry of the week is probably. I'll give it. So the the obvious one I think is. Um, I think probably the very last scene. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. that there's there's it's intimate, but it's also sort of tragic, and it's also sort of uplifting. It's like all of these different emotions mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's like creates like a tornado in your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's sad, but it's also good. So maybe two stars or two stars, two tears, <laughs> two tears, two drops of tears. I actually agree. We're nice. on the same page. I think if I had to pull another one, it would be probably him going through his sad sack life. Oh yeah. Like in the bathroom with his foot in a bucket or whatever yeah. it is wearing overalls. Um, back when overalls were not trendy. Uh, I guess that'd be the second part, but I would have, I, yeah, I would say the most 
tears would come from that ending. It's very sweet. It's a tender moment that has some, it's like a, it's a bittersweet moment. That's what I always think. Like when I go to a cool bar in LA and every guy's wearing overalls, I think like, man, there's a lot of fucking janitors here. That's what I always think. <laughs> can you, can you tell what I'm doing behind the mic? Adam? I can high fiving me. I have, I have my hand my up take. with five fingers yeah. pointed out towards the sky. Uh, it's yeah, it's a tender moment, and uh, I really bittersweet is maybe the best term to use in Hey Arnold, and I've never used it before. So in like, honor of that, we're going to send you out with Bittersweet Symphony by Oasis. No, dun, 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 dun. we don't have the rights to that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us on this bittersweet show. We do have a. So our jazz of the week is um, big. Ba- some is that big Oasis? Band. Bittersweet Symphony. Honestly, like I only I know so. they do Wonderwall, right? Yeah, that's I the only song I know by I them. Think it's Oasis. Um, I also know that Oasis. We'll edit this out. Have uh, no, we're not going to edit this out. This is part. This is what they want. They want to hear us pit a patter. <laughs> Just pit uh, pit a patter. Yeah. Uh, so um, the one thing I remember from uh, that that Disney Channel original movie is there was a lot of big band and swing music and like sock hop music. And uh, so we're definitely going to play you out with some nice swing music. Um, this song is called Clap Hands, Here Comes Charlie. Nice. Two, and that's two sentences, by the way. Beautiful. That's the name of the song. And it's by Chick Webb. And I found it on some uh, uh, like um, big band jazz album. Like it, nice. it, it, I don't even know who Chick Webb is, but uh, the song is uh, the name is ridiculous. Um, and it sounds like the most 40s name Clap hands! Here comes Charlie. Right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's, it's that's my old timey radio that voice. Good. That was <laughs> very good. Um, so keep the socks hopping and have a good night or day or afternoon. You, we don't know. Yeah. you can do this anytime. Yeah, it's nighttime for us. It is. I'm gonna go sleep. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, uh, email us hey dot hey at gmail dot com. Uh, we have a Patreon. Um, we also, uh, we have a Twitter that I've been using a little bit more, um, nice. <laughs> very little, but, but we both have Twitter at yeah. Corey, at Corey Vaughn. I know that I don't use my Twitter. Don't give it up. Oh, come on. Well, it's probably Adam J. Samaha. Yeah. Adam look it up. T- it tweeted is. us. Um, yeah, and for your friend's birthday, uh, give them a, a subscription to our Patreon. One, $1 a month. They'd love it. For all the special features for we Christmas, got. Christmas, for everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, enjoy, uh, Enjoy clap hands. And Charlie. Bye.